This is the question of the week for Overthinking a Podcast, episode 475. Uh, I'm Matt Rather. I'm here with Pete Fenzel. Hello. Hello, Matt. Mark Lee. Hello. Uh, hello. Richard Rosenbaum. Hello. Dada Chum. And special guest Zach Johnson. Hello. Hello there. All right. Uh, the uh, the question of the week, which used to be a feature of the main podcast, but we decided just was more of an impediment than anything else to, to getting into the main topic. And, and given our tendency uh, uh, for prolixity, we, uh, we would sometimes spend half the episode on the question of the week rather than uh, actually talking about the thing that, that was advertised, which we thought might be uh, a little disappointing, especially for new listeners who don't you know, know us or care about what we think about things yet. Um, we've uh, moved the question of the week into the members area. So if you uh, join Overthinking It as a member at the well-actually level or above, you get access to a digital library full of all kinds of bonus podcast content not available to the general rabble. Um, and uh, we're we're putting this one out as a special. Uh, we're putting this one out as a special episode, uh, so that you can see what it is you're missing, and hopefully uh, entice you to uh, hopefully entice you to become a member. Go to overthinkingit.com/slash/join if you want to do that. So the question of the week, in honor of the main topic of our podcast, uh, which is the Dark Tower, and in honor of the release of West of Loathing, which is coming out from Asymmetric Zach's company this week, uh, is what is your depiction, favorite depiction of the Wild West in media? Any, any form, uh, you know, carte blanche, house rules. First in the alphabet is our good friend, Peter Fenzel. Thanks very much, Matt. So my favorite depiction of the Old West is something of a collage. It is a pairing, if you will. You know, sometimes you have a glass of wine with a piece of meat, and the two things go together really well. There's a particular collage that I really enjoy uh, watching, by which I mean I like to watch the Ravine face-off gunfight from True Grit from the 2010 Coen Brothers version and from the original 1969 version like right after the other one right after the other and i like to watch how the this is the event where rooster cogburn is facing off against ned pepper and the texas ranger is up on the edge of the ravine with a rifle and you're not sure what's going to go down this is a confrontation among some of the major villains and uh the, it is driven in the old version by eye-patched John Wayne and in the new version by eye-patched Jeff Bridges. And it is hard to imagine two different eye, two more different eye-patched cowboys than eye-patched John, Wayne's, John Wayne and eye-patched Jeff Bridges. And I, every little thing about the scene is both parallel and completely different and, and shows you so much about how people view how to foster intensity in Westerns, how to foster power and authority in the stance of cowboys and villains in westerns and in between the two of them somewhere in kind of the nebulous a priori space is is the story right which i'm sure if you were to read the book alongside both versions of the movies would deepen that understanding even better and it just this this effect of the mist of time at least to me kind of pulls over it when you watch one after the other and you see how both of them are artifice but both are speaking to something that feels echoing in a truthful and honest way uh, and also you get to see really 
much more advanced cinematic techniques against John Wayne playing something ridiculous, and you get to see which one is more amazing on screen. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> well, no, no spoiler alert. You'll have to find out for yourself. So that is my choice. The the true grit double feature is my favorite depiction of the true of uh, the old west, the true west. It's not, and and to a certain extent, because it is not a single depiction. You've kind of created your own old west by juxtaposing the two things together, right? And this is, I think, this is kind of on point for the for the film and for the the old west generally we sort of bring meanings to it uh we we uh traverse it like an and uh, a virgin wilderness and colonize it and kill everybody we find there fair enough it, it is in fact a a fallacy of imitative form of the brushland variety yes <laughs> uh zach uh you are next in the alphabet uh you you have the option of taking pride of place at the end of the sequence or you can go now if you prefer no, I can I can go now. Um, I think that that my favorite depiction of the Old West, for a lot of reasons, uh, some some related to some of the stuff that you just mentioned, is the depiction in Back to the Future Three. Oh, you stole mine! Uh, yeah, oh, you no. st- you stole mine too. This is <laughs> well, so this, is why are... this is why I didn't want to go last. I <laughs> yeah, but uh, so, uh, so to to me, the the things that are the things that are nice about that particular depiction are. The movie already has a modern day audience surrogate as a main character. So you don't, it does a lot of the work of sort of modernizing the reaction to that context for you by having Michael J. Fox do it. And he's just better at that kind of thing than I am, at least. <laughs> Um, the other thing that it does, and I, and I, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, but I watched it again recently as part of the, as part of the research for, uh, finding there, there are a limited number of silly old West movies. And I, I watched both of them essentially as research for making this game. It takes all of the troublesome aspects of the actual opening of the American West and just sort of omits them and replaces all of the all of the things that that might be worrisome or or guilt producing about engaging with with that genre and replaces them with sort of comic violence with no real stakes uh, and that's the thing that just makes me feel better than actually thinking about everything that happened uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that led to me being able to live where I have lived for most of my life. Yeah. The defining characteristic of the Old West is that it is made of cheap wood and was built in a month and a half. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and there are cars hidden behind things just off screen that you can't see. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, Mark, uh, next in the alphabet by, uh, by last name, favorite depiction of the Old West. Sure. Speaking of omitting all the troublesome aspects of opening up the the, the American frontier, uh, I'm going to go with the music of Ennio Morricone um, and how it is sweeping and beautiful and romantic and all these things that uh, the Old West probably wasn't, at least most of the time. Um, I'm actually not a a huge fan of the Western genre, I'm going to admit. Like, I haven't seen either of the eye-patched uh, cowboy depictions uh, in True Grit, I hate to admit. Um, and I've only seen, actually, a few of the spaghetti westerns that Ennio Morricone scored. I've only seen maybe, what, Good and Bad the Ugly, like, you know, 10 years ago or something like that. So uh, I can't say I've ingested a lot of Old West content, but the music of Ennio Morricone is just spectacular. It stands on its own as wonderful pieces of music, as wonderful compositions that you can enjoy um, completely free of the context. Uh, but when fused with the context, it just it's this odd and, and interesting and beautiful postmodern fusion. Of course, Ennio Morricone being a, an Italian composer working with Sergio Leone, an Italian filmmaker, making movies about 
the old west uh and all of its uh you know violence and and promise and uh and, and all those sort of complicated things but uh overlaying on top of it just beautiful textured interesting music uh, some of which had you know ostensibly had things to do with uh a quote unquote authentic depictions of culture, right? The guitar and the harmonica music, but most of it not. Um, just most of it played up straight, straight up beautiful melodies that are pleasant to listen to and kind of just evoke strong feelings of some sort. And in that regard, they're they're very successful and and uh, you know contribute to the artistic project and the movies they're doing. But again, are just wonderful things to listen to on their own. I'm glad that you've chosen. Uh, I'm glad that you've chosen something that's not a film, um, because it's it's uh, it it is something that kind of branches out into all uh, all sorts of media, and so that that uh, you know I don't know it's 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 important that that we recognize even that sound you know, you know I'm trying that that was <laughs> right that has become synonymous for the old west yeah in a lot of different media I don't even know what what instrument that is I mean that that sort of whistle sound that that i imitated terribly there does anyone know i okay. thought it might have a human voice that ah! <laughs> right followed by the harmonica which is you know <laughs> uh richard you're next in the alphabet favorite depiction of the old west uh okay so in case this is cheating let me know but i'm gonna go with firefly which is not Ooh. really a, a depiction of the old west no but i'll allow it Okay, but um, it it transposes a lot, if not most or all, of uh, the Old West tropes and uh, puts it into the future in space. And so you get a lot of ability. I mean, it, even even to the extent of being um, post Civil War, and uh, they're out on the frontier, they're doing stuff, they're literally robbing trains, and it's a way of taking a look at all of those tropes and all of those, uh, a lot of the issues that the Western brings up in a context where we can problematize that without, um, without necessarily alienating anybody who's not interested in all the kind of contemporary issues that, that continue to, uh, to be part of, kind of the cultural conversation because we're not as far away from that stuff as we, as it maybe feels like we are. And so by, by taking it, putting it into a, into the future, into outer space and whatever, you can do a lot of the same things. You can investigate a lot of the same issues um, and kind of a safer uh, surface text. Wait, wait, and- Richard, are you saying that a lot of, futuristic space opera type adventure sci-fi is actually about the problems of today not at all okay okay good good i'm glad because that that would be too threatening for me i know i would never say that thanks um (laughs) but uh yeah it's 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 not threatening but also it understands all these tropes very very well as you know as joss whedon often does he's got he doesn't do things that he's not super familiar with right um he's clearly you know steeped in the western uh tropes the way that he was you know steeped in uh horror movie tropes for buffy and steeped in uh and superhero tropes for the avengers and all this stuff like he gets it um and so it's a way of of uh 
taking the, you know putting the adventure of the West out there, still dealing with a lot of these issues, um, but make but putting the fun stuff at the forefront and not really having to uh, not having to interrogate it too hard. Um, because of kind of cultural expectations. Excellent. Speaking of putting the fun stuff at the forefront and not having to interrogate it too hard, uh, my pick for favorite Old West depiction <laughs> is uh, Disneyland's Frontierland. What a, uh, yeah, no, what an, uh, what an uh, amazing thing. You step, you, you know, you go, uh, if you're at Disneyland, you go a little left and you're headed into Adventureland to the Jungle Cruise and the Indiana Jones ride. You go a little to the right and you're at Cinderella's Castle. But if you thread the needle between Indiana Jones and Cinderella just right, you can make it into uh, into the Old West. Now, here's the thing I like about this. It has nothing to do with the Old West. I mean, sure, there's a shooting gallery. There's the, like, the Golden Horseshoe Cafe where you can see, uh, you know, a sort of Lily von Stupp style... Uh, <laughs> You know, Blazing Saddles esque uh, musical review with a tinny upright piano and and uh, you know uh, petticoats and what have you. Um, it's 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 all very west. But you go further uh, into there, uh, past the Shooting Arcade, past Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Uh, what do you get to? Mark Twain's Riverboat. Yes, it has nothing to do with the Old West at all. The Pirate's Lair on Tom Sawyer's Island. I actually think they're redoing that attraction. I, I forget what it's going to be, but the, uh, the Tom Sawyer Island, also nothing to do with the Old West. So we've tra- traveled now to the American South, to, to riverboats on the Mississippi, and then farther south to the sailing ship Columbia, a pirate ship that you can, you can ride uh, on. So we've gone into the Caribbean. I, I quite like this. Um, this sort of hodgepodge because I think it sort of reflects um, the the there's an aspect in all of our um, in all of our answers uh, uh, starting with Pete's when it's sort of selecting from two different versions two different depictions of the same story right of kind of selective memory uh, and the selective memory is d- deployed for various reasons it's deployed deployed for political purposes it's deployed for uh, your enjoyment um, it's deployed for the kind of emphasis or the consonants of a particular uh, a particular work and uh, the frontier land at Disneyland is absolutely the opposite of all of that uh it's 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 like uh it's like a junk drawer it's like a you know you just sort of shove everything that's vaguely adventure uh into it that has to do with sort of uh swashbuckling or gunslinging or you know adventure or uh sort of a you know a boy's vision of what uh you know of what um, the cool stuff that they don't teach you in Boy Scouts and, and, and things like that. And we end, uh, we end there. All right. That is the question of the week for, uh, for episode 475. Uh, remember uh, to listen to the, uh, the whole episode on the film adaptation of The Dark Tower. And remember to pick up West of Loathing, August 10th, on Steam. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we will see you on the podcast.